Welcome to the Intuitive Hour with psychic medium, author, and intuitive life coach, Michelle Beltran. The Intuitive Hour will empower you to learn how to magnify your intuitive voice. Listen in and expand your understanding of what it means to be psychic and how to awaken, amplify, and trust your inner voice. Hello, hello, welcome everyone. This is the Intuitive Hour. Awaken your inner voice. All right, a fun episode today. The word of the day, psychometry. I'm real excited about this one. Let's begin with our topic by talking first about energy. Everything is energy. One of my favorite quotes by Einstein. He said, to be exact, everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. Again, one of my favorite quotes I wanted to start the episode today with. Understand that energy can be dense, which we as humans perceive using our five physical senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, smell, but it can be less dense like frequencies of light that are invisible to us, energy which is invisible to us, the tiniest of particles of matter that make up atoms, All things we don't see but are there and are formed first in energy. Energy is visible and invisible. Invisible being electricity or airflow, for example. We only know it's there because it interacts with a denser physical object such as the electrons that move through the wire reaching a light bulb, or the wind blowing on our skin. As humans, we experience energy in all its forms, but we have most closely developed a relationship with life based upon the denser physical energies as being the most important to our survival. And doesn't that just make sense? We are humans, after all. So if you're here at the intuitive hour, you, though, have a sense or understanding on some level that unseen energies not only exist, but actually have much more influence than we have chosen to believe or even that science has proven. So what does that mean? What does that really mean? Well, it means a lot of things. But in regard to today's episode, it's some confirmation. Because energy is everything, and everything holds energy, it makes perfect sense that we could hold an object in our hand and receive energy from it. Energy in the form of information. Meaning, images, impressions, feelings, even tastes and smells or sounds. 
Let's talk now about psychometry as it relates to energy and what it is. Essentially, psychometry is seeing something not typically seeable through touch. A person who has an ability with psychometry, which we call a psychometrist, can literally hold an object, jewelry, a pen, books, clothing, a doll, even larger objects, vehicles, and in touching or holding the object, they can offer credible, viable, and accurate information about the item's history. They can tune in to details about who made the object, owners of the object, events or experiences an owner had while in the possession of the object. It's even possible to gain detailed information about the owner in terms of their personality characteristics, career, physical ailments, family members, pets, and on and on, perhaps even how they may have passed over to the other side. One of the most notable aspects, though, of psychometry is that the psychic who is trained in this can tune into emotions and feelings, and so they can discern those emotions and feelings of the owner, their emotional state, when they owned that object at a particular time. Emotions, in particular, are most strongly recorded in the object more than anything else. They are held or imprinted in the object over time. You can think of it like an energetic fingerprint or thumbprint. It's there and it doesn't go away. All right, so this word psychometry, what does it mean? Where did it come from? A little bit of history here that's quite interesting about psychometry. The word itself actually comes from a Greek word, psyche, which means soul, and also metron which means measure. So we come up with the word soul measure as the meaning of psychometry. This was a term actually created by Joseph Buchanan way back in 1842, long ago this began. He was a physiology professor and one of the early pioneers and experimenters of psychometry. Some of Joseph's early experiments, along with his students' help, involved placing various drugs in glass vials and then asking the students to identify the drugs merely by holding the vials. Their success, it turns out, was more than chance, and so these studies were published in his book, Journal of Man, to explain the phenomenon, Joseph theorized that all objects have souls that retain a memory. Another interesting study by an American professor of geology, William Denton, 
was conducted, and this particular person wanted to see if psychometry would work with his geological specimens. So in 1854 or thereabouts, he worked with several others and performed some experiments, one of which was wrapping specimens in cloth, his geological specimens from the earth, and then placed those items to his sister's forehead, Anne, and she was able to accurately describe the objects and information emanating from them through vivid mental images. This too was later published. So we see that psychometry is very much in our history. Numerous studies done. Yet another was conducted in Germany by a German doctor and researcher. Gustav Pagenstenscher had one of his patients hold an object. Her name was Maria. Maria could place herself in a trance and state facts about the object's past and present. She could very accurately describe sights, sounds, smells, and other feelings about the object. So, a great deal of historical data and information around psychometry and research. One of our more current-day well-known psychometrists is Noreen Rainier. She was the first psychic investigator, the first expert psychometrist to lecture at the FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia. Her work with police detectives became well-known. She has worked over 600 cases with the city and county and state agencies to include work with six foreign countries. She's offered psychometry work and expertise in many investigations. Her impressive track record and uncanny success in finding missing persons is quite interesting. Noreen has written a book, A Mind for Murder, The Real-Life Files for a Psychic Investigator. I highly recommend you take a look at that. In her book, Noreen talks about her prediction of the assassination attempt of Ronald Reagan, her involvement in the Lacey Peterson case years back. If you have an interest in a psychometry reading, I highly recommend visiting Noreen's website, noreenrainier.com. If you'll visit her readings page, you'll be guided through all the steps of how to sit in session with her. All right, how does psychometry work? Well, as you might expect, there are some various theories. The most credible explanation to date, and which has received the most attention among experts in the industry, is known as Pagenstetcher's vibration theory. This explains that the impressions and information received by the psychic as they hold the object is because of vibrations embedded or imprinted into the objects 
from past emotions, events, or actions. To learn more about this theory and other theories and about psychometry in detail, I highly recommend The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot. Michael suggests that the past is not lost, but still exists in some form accessible to human perception. He also describes and explains in his book that consciousness and reality exist in a kind of hologram that contains a record of the past, present, and future. And psychometry taps into this record. Again, The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot. Moving on to some other theories about psychometry and how it works. Some researchers think the information about an object's past is recorded in its aura. So in the same way it's believed that humans have an aura around our bodies, so too does any object. This aura contains information for the psychic then to read and access. One final theory surrounds a belief that psychometry is a unique kind of clairvoyance, meaning a psychic receives and sees mental image pictures and impressions as he or she holds the object directly from the owner of the object, though through a kind of telepathy. So in this view, the object serves more as an aid or to assist the psychic in more deeply tuning into and focusing on the object as they are actually really tuning into the owner. How to do a psychometry reading? Regardless where your belief lay in the theories of psychometry relating to how it works, one thing is true. It is a natural ability of the human mind to read energy from an object. With this in mind, let's talk about the steps to perform a psychometry reading. One note before we begin, antique objects or objects connected to a highly charged event or era in time can hold great energy. So as you experiment with this and begin to learn about psychometry, it may be helpful to find an item that holds this sort of old energy, antique sort of energy to it. Also, metal tends to hold energy very well and is known to have a memory to it. If you can find something metallic, that too may be helpful. Finally, for this exercise, the object should be something a person has had in their possession for a time. In this way, there's more of an imprint of this owner's energy. Be mindful of that. All right, step one. If you've done any work with me here at the Intuitive Hour, before any kind of work like this, we always get ourselves in the most optimal space. We do that through first grounding, running energy, getting in the center of your head, offering your prayer, and perhaps putting up your protection rose 
These are all fundamental psychic development tools. They are necessary in any work like this. If you need some reminder about how to do these things, of course, revisit those episodes here at the Intuitive Hour. They are essential first steps. We're getting ourselves in a meditative space by doing this, clearing out and cleaning out. Very essential to release busy energies and to-dos of the day. So this helps us get there. Next, of course, you want to make sure you're in a sacred space, quiet, calm, uninterrupted place where you can be very present. Third, a literal quieting of your mind, setting an intention to release all thought, and making an agreement with your left brain, you're going to come back to all those to-dos after this time. Step four, ensuring you're in an upright, relaxed position, meeting the moment with dignity, your eyes closed. Rest your hands in your lap with your palms facing upward in a receptive position. Next, you'll hold the object. Make as much physical contact with the object as possible. Hold it with both hands. Move the position of the object in your hands and hold that for a few moments. Move the object again in both hands and hold that for a few moments. Again, make as much physical contact with the object as possible. Now, Once you've held it, begin to receive the object's impressions. Let them emanate. Let them come forward to you. As you receive, be an observer. Watch and report. Images, sounds, smells, tastes, Feelings, they'll all come forward. Little by little, let them. As they do, state these impressions out loud for someone to record. If there's not someone there, have a recorder. No matter how vague or gentle or brief or fleeting an impression may be, state it. Omit nothing. Now, we'll ask specific questions. You've held the object for several moments. You've tuned in. You've bonded and connected with it. Then you've received the energies coming forward. Now we're going to receive information, but you're going to ask specific questions. You might ask, Who owned this object? How does the owner act or feel, think? What are they doing? Is the owner of the object living or have they passed? Show me what I need to know about the owner. Any of these questions are fine and you may create some of your own. Ask the question again out loud and let the answer come. Finally, and this is considered a step I want to include, don't judge, don't doubt, 
Don't second guess or try to analyze your impressions. You are reporting only. As silly or strange as they may seem, state your impressions. They may not have meaning to you, but they sure might be of significance to the owner of the object. As we wind down here today, some final thoughts on psychometry and these steps. You may find that you don't experience anything the first few times you try to read an object. Stay with it. With your intention and practice, you will. And you'll find yourself get into a rhythm as the energy of the object emanates information and brings it forward to you. If you find that you're not receiving impressions, try holding the object up to your third eye and imagine an energy funnel between your third eye and the object. Hold it in that space for a few moments or as you do the reading. Like anything, you get better with practice. This ability is much like a muscle and with work and time and practice improves and gets stronger and stronger. No exceptions. We simply need your intention in your practice. Know that as you progress, there will be a mix of correct, possibly correct, information that you may not be able to validate, and incorrect information. Until you reach a point of comfort and rhythm and expertise, you begin to see you accurately receive information you could not possibly have known. Also, one final note, when you handle the object, resist trying to get it right or even figure it out by assuming a likely history of this object. That's all left brain ego. It's not going to be helpful to you. If you feel at any point like you're analyzing or interpreting the object based upon what you think it should hold, what you think its past should be, because you think that makes sense, you want to catch yourself. Just catch yourself and go right back to being the observer and report what you see, feel, hear, and touch, and so forth. You'll find that the most odd, silly, or unlikely impressions are actually often most correct. All right, everyone, we will bring our session to a close. I hope you've enjoyed this today. It's been a fun episode to create for you. If you have any questions, of course, as always, I invite you to email mbeltran at michellebeltran.com. Have a wonderful rest of your week, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Intuitive Hour. If you like what you heard, we invite you to subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.